0: This episode is powered by denmeditation.com. Though meditation is the primary focus, the bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. A Den Talks podcast. This is Tal, your host and the founder of Den Meditation. We have Daniel Raphael on today. If you guys, and I know you do, these times have been crazy. So if you want to manifest, and I kind of hate that word, <laughs> but let's be honest: if you want to create your future, if you need things in your life that you're not getting, if you want things to look different, and have we all just checked all those boxes? This is going to be a great episode for you because Daniel is, he calls himself a wizard. He is a wizard, but he also proclaims that we all are wizards, which I love about him. And that's what he does. He tries to teach us to get back in touch with all the alchemy powers that we all have, the ability to use our energy and manage it and create what we want. He has some unbelievable stories. His first story about his first time actually trying to like consciously manifest is insane. It's things movies are made out of. But we also talk about what makes it difficult and why most of us struggle. And it's a beautiful reminder that no matter what you come from, how hard your life feels, or how far away you feel from magic, the magic is still there. Let us know what you think. Drop us a line and please subscribe. So where, where were you raised?
1: I was raised in uh, Southern California, Orange County, oh really? you're an orange county boy, oh see boy,
0: oh, wait, that's so interesting that you're this like I love it I mean I need to understand the whole story, so because you're an incredible manifester, you have total um what's the word from like what I gather it's like you have total command of your energy and total command of your universe and total command of your existence, which is beautiful. And like, you're spending time teaching people that, which is huge. And what I love about you is you, you teach in a very simple way and we'll get into all of that stuff. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the journey on how, again, you make everything look really easy and I can't imagine the journey to get there was as simple.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm still learning myself, (laughs) but, uh, the journey was brutal, but (laughs) a lot of it, uh, taught me how easy it can be i think i did that also to mm. inspire other people because you know it's actually very easy to manifest it's easy to transform any block but when our whole culture is backwards and there's hundreds of layers of of programming and we hold on to all these beliefs and we don't know how to let go and our nervous system is contracted and you know uh then it seems hard but only because we're attached to all those things and so it doesn't have to be a brutal journey if we listen and know how reality works so that's the main takeaway from 15 years of you know well more like you know my whole life really has been on that journey but 15 years of deep spiritual work when i started my spiritual path as an adult so well basically i was born uh pretty much awake i had uh super psychic abilities and all sorts of abilities um you know i would at four years old i would meet strangers and tell them uh, their deepest secrets and help them quit smoking and all sorts of stuff. Like, give
0: me an example because having, I have an eight-year-old now, but I, it's like the idea of like a four-year-old walking up to anybody and just being like whispering their deep, it's hilarious. So give me an uh, example.
1: Well, my mom always, you know, my mom tells me this story, you know, I was at a barber shop and, uh, there was a woman that I never met before and she was smoking. And uh, this was actually in another country. So I guess you can smoke in- indoors. And uh, I was—I just walked up to her and and, and told her like the, the deeper emotional component of why she was smoking and how it's affecting other people. And then she was really shocked. And then she kind of came back next week and said she had quit smoking. And, hmm. uh, you know, I did that in fluent French at four years old to her.
0: And did you speak French at four or did it just come yeah. out
1: for that moment? No, that was actually... That was not a superpower. That was something I was born with. I was taught, but uh, <laughs> that would have been cool too, though.
0: I mean, that would have been amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, and do you have any other stories like that when you were young?
1: I remember, you know, being able, you know, those little bouncy balls. Like, I would just tell my friend, like, I'm going to throw it, and it's going to go here, 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 and then land right there. And I would literally throw it without thinking, and it would literally do that exact sequence. And then I would. My mom was on the phone, and I would. Like, channel five seconds before she would say something. I like would channel what she was about to say each time.
0: I'm sure she loved that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, was your mom open to this? Were you, did, did, did you have a, was yeah. your dad in the picture too?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I showed more my mom and, you know, I would like make sounds and like things would fall from the wall. <laughs> that was really weird, you know, like, uh, but I think she like believed it a bit, but there was a lot of religious programming. Um, but I was like super connected. I would like paint huge paintings and like dedicated to God, you know, and I four. And um, so I was very connected. And then, you know, you know, living in America, you can guess the type of things that happen. And, you know, my mind and body got poisoned and shifted from this little baby prophet to uh you know an autistic suicidal zombie with dozens of different health and mental conditions all
0: right well we got to talk about that too but i want to talk about the baby prophet for a second and then i want to talk about that jump um you know you've done obviously a ton of journeys i know you work with plant medicine which we'll get into more as well um have you ever dialed in to kind of the period of choosing this lifetime or the period of understanding others that make sense of kind of this baby prophet
1: Yeah, totally. I I believe we all choose our lifetimes and, um, you know, after all the struggles, it was kind of hard to come to terms with that. But then, you know, I really, I remembered that at some point and helped me kind of alchemize everything because it's part of the journey, you know?
0: And do you, and do but do you remember like kind of steps before, like the pre lifetime version of like before you came in or why you came, like, do you remember any of that of Understanding why you were coming in.
1: Yeah, I've I've had glimpses of it, and I I had glimpses of my mission when I was four or five years old, and it was pretty mind blowing. You know, um, you know, part of it was just like there was thousands of people, and I just had a microphone, and I was they were all lost and scared, and I was just guiding them to freedom. And I'm like, this is crazy, you know. I'm just a little kid, and that's literally what I'm doing now. A lot of it's online, where thousands of people on Zoom and all the world tune in all the time, and. And just an hour or two, you know, I found a way to channel energy and information to transform some of their biggest blocks. Even physical things happen sometimes miraculously. And it's not me. It's just that, you know, they're reconnecting with the divine and the divine perspective, because that's what creates our reality. And when we shift our perspective, the whole quantum field shifts instantly.
0: And when you say you had kind of visions of four or five of, you know, a thousand people microphone, they were lost. Was it literally like, what was the vision for you? Was it, you know, right now the metaphor is like, no, they are lost. They're spiritually lost. And I help them find themselves. But what was it in your vision?
1: Well, it also showed me, you know, kind of like the coming times where things, a lot of things have been changing and are about to change. And that was kind of the time period it was showing me of when I would do it. So I always knew kind of what was going to happen. Not exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was basically a time when, uh, you know, kind of like the matrix is falling apart. And People still needed a lot of help, but they also realized like, well, like things are falling apart. The world isn't what it seems. And so, you know, that's when people are really open for a new paradigm.
0: And so then how could you describe this new paradigm to people?
1: Yeah, I believe it's it's also nothing new. It's something that's, that happens in other realms and something we've experienced before on earth, right? Like the Indian mystics have charted off for tens of thousands of years The different ages. And so it's essentially uh, no longer service to self-oriented, right? There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself, but when it's about so much greed and corruption and um, all sorts of things that are just destroying the planet. And it's shifting to, you know, also whatever you call, you know, the priest class or the elite class that have access to all the hidden technologies and even spiritual information um, that that are being misused. And bringing it back, right? The golden age is when everyone had access to it, and that's why you know they don't teach you this in history books. But before even the minds and Aztecs would had which had a priest class and obviously had some advanced information um, that was pretty mind blowing. There were there were golden age civilizations before that that didn't do human sacrifices and where every single person in these cities had access to plant medicines and uh, all all of the information like the Shavian civilization. Um, which they don't teach you about, you have to really research. So that's a pilgrimage I did in Peru, where we used ancient tools and medicines from that civilization, which was a whole different level of vibration. So we're going back, it's the Renaissance, um, back into that time.
0: Can you talk about why energetically it shifted?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the time clock, right, the astrology, I basically see it as life is the ultimate school. And we incarnate many times with different uh, consciousnesses or planets and stars that are giving us different lessons and flavors to really grow and initiate us. And so basically there's a collective thing happening right now where we're shifting in the next uh, probably four years from service to self to then service to others, as even the human design system is saying by 2027. And, you know, collectively, I, I just talked to someone, you know, I can't say who it is, but basically who's connected to literally the most powerful people on, you know, all sides of the equation. And he said that basically, you know, a time is coming for about two years where there's going to be a lot of chaos, definitely. But then everything's kind of being renegotiated. And then life is going to be a lot better because uh, there's, you know, basically like the, the, the corruption and the dark side has been kind of running the show for many centuries and so people have this viewpoint like oh like how are we going to actually you know do anything they're very hopeless but you know it comes in waves and and all the kind of light jedis and masters they've been kind of underground and they're coming above ground and so you're kind of seeing this distorted perspective where it looks like you know we're not winning but actually behind the scenes um, so much is happening and I'm, I'm getting that confirmation from all sorts of people at the top. So it's really beautiful to hear that.
0: How do you, how has this time been affecting you?
1: I mean, it's been the greatest initiation. You know, I, I laugh and say I'm a rebirthaholic because it seems like <laughs> I'm not just transforming so often, so fast, like a lot of us. So,
0: But I mean, I love that you're saying that you feel like you're constantly having rebirths yourself.
1: Oh, hundred percent.
0: And I mean, I think that's important for people to hear as you are like, you are the teacher people look to, you are quote unquote, a master. Um, so I think for people to always understand that it is a cycle that almost never ends. Um,
1: yeah. I think it's mean, important. I mean, it, you have things to learn. And, you know, like I say, it's like, for me, being the wizard is, is pretty easy, but being a human has been hard, you know, kind of like. People on the spectrum, or, you know, like extreme example is like Rain Man. He could do things no one could do and basic things he had trouble doing. Right. So, you know, I had that little bit and, uh, or maybe a lot of it, my friends will laugh. And that's been something that's taken a while to accept and to be able to share with others. But I think it's also inspirational because it's just a reminder that we all have our superpowers, we all have our weaknesses, and it's just accepting that's what life gave us for a reason. And so, what's uh, been hard
0: for you? What's been hard yeah. for you?
1: I mean, just, you know, from basic things like being organized, uh, and just (laughs) kind of taking care of basic tasks and remembering like (laughs) physical things. Sometimes it's like, Oh shoot, I forgot to eat or do this, you know, or like, uh, so now I'm blessed to have an amazing partner and, uh, you know, a team that supports me. And so, you know, I'm still a student myself and it takes, it takes a village, you know, so it's just everyone, it's everyone needs that vitamin C. We're taught that, oh, you got to be the lone wolf. You got to be independent. But wolves are always in packs. It's a total program and we're stronger together.
0: So what do you feel like in your pack with your partner and your team? What do you feel like what part of you, um, you give, give out, not the right word, but you put in other people's hands.
1: Uh, yeah, for me, it's anything that's not, uh, fuck yes. Or <laughs> in my genius zone. <laughs> most part, Yeah.
0: You're like, if you're not feeling eh, you're like someone else. That, because, But that's actually an important thing to talk about. So as far as people like growing and like creating businesses that are successful, like I'm sure the fuck yes part of your business is what you divinely connect to. But if you only did the part that you divinely connected to, and maybe it would be fine, but if you didn't have a whole team kind of creating some of the other stuff, humanly living on the earth, the way the earth is set up, as far as finances and structure, it could be harder. Yeah, totally. So talk a little bit about that. Cause I actually think that's something people grapple with a lot, especially if you're on a spiritual path um, or just in general, this idea, like you said, which I thought was really funny, anything that's not a fuck yes for me kind of you give out to your team because for someone else that might be what they jive with or what's excited for them so talk a little bit about that how there is like a group that kind of creates because we are we are living a human experience on a very earthly world that requires some things yeah. that aren't always just rainbows and you know unicorns
1: yeah i mean this is something i've i've heard for like 15 years but just recently like i feel like i'm finally fully integrating And it's really from a metaphysical perspective about just no longer abandoning yourself or your soul and just being true to yourself, because there's all these concepts, which are programs of like, oh, you got to be inclusive, but it's like, well, okay, so you're going to out of guilt or like, oh, this is good. Invite someone that you actually don't feel safe with into your home or, you know, and I did that so many times, like I felt guilty, like, oh, I don't want them to feel bad. But my soul was like, watch out. And then of course, you know, when you do something from guilt or scarcity or whatever fear, really. Um, It's not actually love. um, It's fear. Uh, Fear of you doing something wrong or hurting someone, then it will manifest in some way. And those were like my hardest lessons. So now I just trust. It's like, I love everyone. And uh, there's only a few people that um, really resonate at any given time. And by doing that, like there's no more drama. Uh, I feel healthier. I have more energy. There's not all this weird stuff that I was just used to. I thought that was normal because that's most of us being raised in childhood. We don't realize we're sovereign we don't realize we can choose things so it's really just re-educating yourself by being fully authentic and by doing that we care more for ourselves we attract more abundance and support in all these different forms where people just want to support us and Mm. it's really beautiful
0: and so you feel like for the first time ever you kind of have a team around you and a partner around you that get that hundred percent that's lovely Let's back up a little bit again. So, cause you, you just mentioned that you went from kind of baby Buddha and like this baby prophet to like, I think you said suicidal, autistic, health problems, depressed. I mean, I don't want to be adding stuff if none of that's true. Um, And it's all true. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about, so what happened from four and five to when did some of that stuff start really coming into play?
1: Yeah. Well, by four, I was still starting to feel it a bit. You know, I started feeling like, you know, I even woke up from a dream once and I had this like voice. I was like, you've been brainwashed at four. And I'm like, I don't even know if I learned that word. Like, where did that come from? But I didn't fully understand it. And it felt like my soul, wow. it felt like I just started forgetting who I was. And I knew I kind of was seeing it happen, but I didn't know what to do. Um, and, you know, I just started going internal and I, I dissociated. And I had depersonalization where I didn't feel like I was real or basically my soul was just like totally out of my body, and I just was escaped because i you know there was so much trauma going on at the home and I hated school, which I think is a whole other conversation which is ridiculous this the school system so I, you know I couldn't run away I couldn't fight you know I felt very i was I felt very weak from all the stuff going on in my body and mind, so I just escaped and so that obviously you know gave me other superpowers after a while it's very easy for me to like go anywhere and tap into information. Right. But it also made it very hard to be authentic or to feel love or to be present or to focus on something or to just perform in sports. Uh, so I had, you know, I, I tried, you know, snowboarding a few times. I could barely stay up after a few seconds or, uh, you know, most sports, I didn't have any friends in high school. Like um, really, like I couldn't be myself. I, I, I tried to be someone else cause I, I hated myself and I, forgot what love even was. So I got to a point where I literally for stopped feeling love completely for years. And I know that because by the when I first opened back up to it after years of healing, it was like, "Oh my god, like what is this?" Like I had mm. to kind of relearn what it was, and it was just like a breadcrumb of love with all these attachments and fears that took years just to have a healthy friendship with someone.
0: And so when you look back to like when you go through your childhood, what was it that was putting all of those limitations on you like what was not allowing you to feel love what was not allowing you to yeah. see yourself
1: i mean it's a it's a slew of things i think a lot of people uh deal with in their own way which is being punished for speaking your truth or being gaslighted for sharing that you're psychic or you have special abilities um because that's not part of the collective programming so when did um,
0: you feel that stuff for you
1: well, it's happened throughout my childhood you know and you know being poisoned with the food, water and air and other things. And, uh, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And uh, it took me a long time to just come to peace with it too, because obviously it's, once you learn what's going on, it's it's pretty wild, right? But it's kind of like, you know, and that because we're these eternal beings in this realm, it's kind of like the way where we have, it kind of separates us so we can find ourselves again. It's kind of like a gym, where it gives you all these weights, you almost feel like you can't lift them up. But then after years, if you commit to your specific weights to lift them up, now you have the muscle to do that for millions of people. So it feels like that was so needed, that whole thing, because now it's like a Rubik's cube where I can really quickly in minutes, people are like, I've tried for 30 years on the spiritual path. I can't break through this block. And five minutes later, oftentimes it's transformed. So it's kind of like this muscle that I think we all can, can also um, have ourselves. And so I I teach people how to do it in a very rapid way, which is really beautiful and made everything worth it.
0: Who was your first like real friend?
1: Yeah, my my first real friend was uh, a guy uh, called Nikki. that, uh, it was basically after doing a bunch of plant medicines and uh, returned home after going through a lot of dark nights of the soul, and finally kind of just opened up to someone. And it felt like jumping off a cliff. Like every time I would share like a little uh vulnerable thing about myself, it would took like minutes. He's like, just say it. It's okay. And i was like, you know, and like, it literally took a couple of years just to like share everything. Uh So that was really my first friend. And I was really lucky to have someone that that was so loving and kind of just kind of held space for me. And we supported each other from there. How old were you? That was probably around, let's see. See, 24. So,
0: did you just feel very lonely until 24?
1: I mean, I still, I felt lonely. uh, I think for most of my life, even, even after that, because I still had so much trouble being authentic and connecting and right forming healthy relationships or trusting people. So, um, but that definitely helped a lot. It was very healing to have that and some other friends that came from that. So, that was kind of like the first. Little pot of friends that I made with a lot of both beautiful and, and challenging lessons from that because there's still so much trauma and programming in me, but um, i mean i I was so lonely before that I kind of just lived in my own world.
0: did you have siblings?
1: Yeah, I have a younger sister who's great, and we're really close now. Yeah. But
0: were you close back then?
1: as much as I could be we've always be, we've always had this this bond, but um, you know I think it's like I had to just open my heart and be able to be authentic for me to be close with anyone in a deeper way.
0: What was your relationship like with your parents?
1: Uh, it was really difficult, you know. Um, they both did their best, obviously. My my dad was born uh, three months premature and um, is like a space genius engineer, but also mm. on the spectrum. So it it was kind of like he stayed an eternal boy, but also genius, but it was hard for me because I wanted him to be like a father. In a lot of ways and he did his best but so it was i i felt like i just couldn't get the support i wanted as a child and my mom then tried to play both roles which then she couldn't really be the mother because she was so intense and strict and mm. uh, it just got really crazy where i you know i just shut down because i i felt like i had to protect myself from my parents instead of ask them for support so i literally just didn't receive any real support you know besides maybe financially um from them uh, for most of my life, even though they were trying to give it to me because I just totally put up a wall and uh, I needed so much help more than regular kids. And I feel like I got, I couldn't really get what I needed. So I created the story that I wasn't lovable.
0: So when you say you needed so much help more than regular kids, talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, like, you know, basic things were hard for me, you know, like my emotions, forming relationships, I had so many insecurities, but I ended up just kind of keeping it inside and didn't process it really. And is yet.
0: this when you say you're autistic, is this part of
1: Yeah, that? totally. I mean, I was on the spectrum. I could I could still go to school, but I remember like, I remember in elementary school, like one of my teachers telling my parents, like, Daniel's not making eye contact. He has trouble with this or always, or like all these behavioral things, you know, I was always like getting in trouble and I just didn't get human things often, you know, like I missed social cues, I'd say things out of line, like. And it would just compound all the time where like, I, I didn't want to do that, but it just what kept happening and it just snowballed into like the shame of like, there's something so wrong with me feeling shame upon shame. So I, I tried to like create this new persona. I was watching reality TV, you mm-hmm. know, so I was just like full matrix and, uh, you know, it's not, do all this silly stuff. I was like, maybe that will change it. You know, I'll be wear cool clothes, you know, I, I was totally lost, but, uh, you know, that's when I, you know, after doing all this stuff and none of it worked, that that was like my first like deep depression that I went to. Like I was depressed since I was four, but like I had like a full meltdown um, around seventeen, eighteen, and that's when I was put on antidepressants and all sorts of things that lasted many years from there.
0: So, did your parents or your mom recognize that you were struggling, and they just didn't know how to help, or?
1: Totally. No, that was super obvious to everyone, but...
0: um, (laughs) You're like, you couldn't be around me without noticing.
1: (laughs) I just had to go through it, you know, obviously, like, you know, it was just part of the journey.
0: Now, two things, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when you talk about your autism, you tend to say it in the past tense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, one of my close friends laughs and is like, you were autistic, you know, so like, I definitely feel like... I still have some of these quirks, but it's also day and night from where it was you know from like not being able to make eye contact or be feel love or be authentic to you know coaching the top billionaires in the world on emotions. I think I've come a long way, and there's still you know some you know a few things to to optimize always you know, so I guess it's hard when with labels you know they're so limiting Theory. what to uh what to say, but I definitely. I'm still human and and, uh, still learning some of the basics in some ways, you know, as I go. Because it's one thing to even teach it or help other people. You know, like I love Nietzsche, you know, one of the great philosophers and uh, masters of psychology, and he kind of turned crazy at the end of his life. And someone was like, why can you help everyone else but not yourself? And he said, just because I have the key to your lock doesn't mean I have the key to my own. And so that kind of helped me because I was judging myself of being such a hypocrite. And I kind of resented my superpowers at some point because I'm like, look at all these people, so easy. And then you're trying to help yourself and it's been so hard. So I think that's a good reminder for everyone because it's it's pretty common. I hear that with a lot of people, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's so much easier to see beyond ourselves, but also with you, like you specifically have some gifts, which I know everyone can tune into, but yours were very prevalent and <clears throat> right at the surface. So it must be interesting that in some ways you energetically can, See, right? If you open yourself up, you can read whomever you want to read or know whatever you want to know. There must be a frustrating bend that at times there's areas of yourself that you have to do more work to see it versus just like, let me just turn the camera. It's like with you, they make you do the work, right? You have to do your own work to actually get some of those films and like some of those views. (laughs) Totally, which is interesting. Um, Talk about that. Why do you think that is?
1: I mean, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, uh, well, one one reason is you're not attached to other people. So even for psychic information, you know, it's so accurate with other people. But once in a while, I'm like, I don't know for my own choices, you know, because if we're attached to it or we're just in it, right, it's a whole different experience. So I'm all about interdependence where, you know, empower yourself, but also, you know, use the community and receive support when you're guided to and find the balance between those two. Yeah.
0: Also, it's it is such an interesting journey of, I mean, if we had all our answers, it would be so boring, right? I mean, <laughs> it's a
1: mystery. It, it, Great mystery.
0: Yeah. It's like they it's so funny because sometimes those big aha moments, I'm sure you've had them, anyone who's listening have had them where you're like, huh? and then you think about that aha moment like a year or two later and you're like, really? Like that was like my big breakthrough. You know what I mean? Because all the pieces have now filled it in where there's no weird jumping from here to here to here. It's like a nice linear colored in line that you're like, how was that the big aha moment? How was that the moment that almost threw me off my chair that I finally figured out my shit for that moment. But then like down the road, you're like, Oh, it wasn't that big of a thing, but it was like, in the moment when you put it together, it again, it goes to that, like, when you're further down, you have the objectivity someone else might've had, but when you're in it, it's like, it's so blurred. Totally. But, okay. So what was it that then changed things for you? So like, what yeah. were you at this year? 17, 18, did you continue schooling? Did you like, where yeah, were you in there, your life? Some of my
1: teachers, you know, I went to college, but you know, a few of my teachers were like, man, like you should go get help and drop off. But I was very, really? I, I took a semester off and went to, <laughs> Went to India when I was 20. So basically my my you know, I woke up from a dream when I was 20 years old. And by this point, I was like not just depressed, but I was pretty much like crazy, you know, like I was not in good shape. What
0: does that mean? <laughs> what does you know, that look
1: I, like? I was just like, it was hard for me to be coherent and like I I was basically just uh bordering on psychosis almost, I think, because it just got my insecurities, my paranoia, like I couldn't even go to a grocery store. If i heard someone laugh i thought it would They would be be about me i was so insecure you know to the max where i was just crippling Mm. um and super paranoid so i woke up from a dream and the dream was like not like any other dream i've had and it it was a voice that said it showed me this hill and it said if you go to this place at this time your life will change forever and it was uh, a festival in golden gate park san francisco so uh, I decided to take a friend.
0: Where were you living at the time? So- I was
1: living uh, in Orange County still. yeah. yeah. So I decided to uh, go with a friend and, uh, and drive up. And basically, she uh, overdosed on something, apparently. I don't know what she was taking. And so I had to, at this, you know, there was tens of thousands of people. And so I had to be like, you know how like there's, everyone's like crunched up at night. I was like, excuse me, can I go? Can I go? Like hundreds of times, like me speaking to strangers or like dealing that was it's already was so traumatic for me. And I had to do that for like an hour just to get her off while she's just like, you know, half alive. Uh, so it was like the most traumatic thing. And, and, you know, so, and then I totally forgot about the dream at this point. So I was just like, I had so much anxiety. Like I was barely able, I was just, I just had to like do it for her, you know? And then she was fine. She felt better. And then all of a sudden I saw the hill and I saw a man uh, with a sign that said free energy healing. And mm. I didn't know what this was at this point. I get forgot about chill. energy. Yeah. And so I just said, and she's like, come on, let's go. And I was like, no, I need to try this for five minutes. And in five minutes, he literally changed my life. Like I literally expanded my energy field and went from like freaking out to like, I felt like I just woke up from a video game. Like what just happened, you know? And for me, it felt like, am I enlightened now? You know, but that was just the very beginning of my journey. But it was that, that was the contrast from five minutes ago.
0: Now, when you went in, did he, he or she, was it he? Yeah. Did he say anything?
1: You would just close your eyes. And then he started chanting and just sending me energy and started walking back. And as he walked back, he literally just spread my energy field. It was, it was miraculous. And
0: he didn't talk about anything he saw or found.
1: Not really. Like it just spoke for itself, you know? Interesting. So that was the beginning of my adult spiritual journey. And then I was like, I got to learn this. So I went back. I learned Reiki, became a Reiki master. Oh, wait, hold
0: on. This, you're, you're, Because you're someone at this point in your life who, this is nothing for you. Like you don't, you're not into this part of the world or into this stuff, correct? Like, or are you?
1: Into what, sorry?
0: Like into any of this stuff. Like, are you into energy work at all at this time of your life?
1: Oh, I teach it. Yeah. I'm definitely no, no, part back of what then. Oh, back then? I didn't even yeah, know yeah. What it was. Yeah, I didn't I know, what know what it you was. know you do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: No, I meant like because you're like, oh, and then I went to go learn Reiki. I'm like, that feels like a huge jump to me because the impression I was getting, the person oh, who yeah. showed up to the well, festival is like a very closed off person. I was super
1: closed off, but I I want I was guided to try it. I didn't really know what it was, but then after I tried it, it was there was no more jump because that's like this woke me up. Like I'm just gonna go dive in. So I literally Did you ask him questions or did you just Oh yeah, leave? I asked him a few questions. I asked okay. him a few questions. He gave me a book to read, but that was just like, everything changed. It's like, I'm going to focus on energy healing.
0: And what just happened in there.
1: Yeah. I'm going to learn it. And, uh, you know, so I took my first Reiki class and, you know, I think I had a gift too. I was, I I had all this extra baggage than everyone else combined, probably at that class. But I also had this gift where she was like, I've never felt someone so powerful. Right. It was just kind of like a past life. It was like, you know, so it was, it was, it was this dichotomy and that was kind of you know, with me for many years.
0: And did you finally, you know, you're talking about all these insecurities and all this, like, you know, not feeling love. And obviously, clearly you're stepping into something you were already good at from a past life. Did you finally start feeling seen? Like, because you were getting noticed for something?
1: A little bit, I think. I think it's, it started, I started feeling seen a little bit. Uh, But, you know, I was, I just, I had so much insecurity where I didn't let I only let like the wizard out, you know, but I didn't let the human out for many more Talk about what that means. Well, it means like being able to share your gifts, but not being authentic or not asking for help. Like, oh, I'll help you, but I'm not, I don't need help. I'm fine when I needed so much help myself, you know? So basically just putting a compartmentalizing all of my stuff and then being like, oh, finally I can help people and be of good use. So it kind of created this complex, which is very common for people, when they start off like that, um, you know, which is just another part of the ego to, to integrate.
0: So here you are like learning Reiki. You realize you're good at it. Are you for the first time? Oh, so pretty. There's a hawk above. It's for the Mm -hmm. first time ever. Are you getting a sense of direction?
1: Yeah. I mean, at first I was just, I, I shared it with some friends and then I put an ad on Craigslist. I was like, does anyone need help? Just give me a donation, whatever you want. You and know, that's so that's ballsy. How it yeah, that's that's how it started. And I got the first woman, she was literally suicidal and gave her a session and just she was like, I don't want to kill myself anymore. So I was like, wow, that's profound, you know. Um and then it just grew from there.
0: Do you remember what you found when you were doing that session?
1: Yeah, I was able to just uh, you know, move the energy, but also just see like what the the core is of what she was holding on to and just guide her to let it go. Because we're just all holding on to stuff, you know? This is really, once we let it go, it's gone. But yeah.
0: Why is it so hard for us to know the story it is that we're holding on to?
1: Well, it accumulates over time. So, you know, your mom could yell at you when you're five and then you think you're not good enough. But that accumulates into school and then your first relationship and then all these traumas. And not only do we, you know, we're not taught how to release energy and trauma and move it out of the body, but then it accumulates into a false identity, right? Which is like, oh, I'm this person, I'm not good enough. And then you create compensation mechanisms. And then what sucks is you keep manifesting things. Usually it gets worse and worse and worse before it gets better because it's the universe is teaching you like, you know, now dating a narcissist, right? Like, wow, right? And so it keeps happening. And so it just creates this whole world to reflect back to that illusion until we pop it. And then we realize it's us, it's all in you, you're creating it. And so um, you know, I felt like a victim my whole life until I realized like, whoa, I'm, I'm attached to this, I keep creating this. And that, even though it's hard to look at sometimes, that's the only way you can change it just by taking responsibility over those parts of your life.
0: So what was a big moment for you of going, oh shit, that's on me?
1: Oh, I mean, continuously, like, you know, being taken <laughs> advantage of, um, having things blow up because, you know, like invited someone to a party that I felt guilty about it. I just had a bad feeling and then that blew up, ruined the whole party to, you know, little things, big things. And it all tracks back to that, you know, what they say in ancient times, the seed manifests the fruit. It's like how you start something, the choice you make, that vibration is the same vibration is going to manifest in the big thing. So it's always important to really tune in first how you start anything, how you manifest something.
0: So talk about, I mean, you're obviously an amazing healer. Like a woman can come to you and you can say, this is the thing you need to let go of. But when someone's kind of doing the work themselves, you know, cause you even went through, you know, it starts off, you, I think you use the example, your mother yells at you when you're three and then blah, blah, blah. And then you have a relationship and then this, like I would think to get from here, like you might start to get enough self-awareness and self-reflection to say, okay, let me look here, but it might just take you to there, Right. which, yeah, I guess you could, I guess you could spend time peeling one after another, after another, after another, right? But I mean, that could be, if you could do it your entire lifetime, I guess you'd be lucky. How can you get to here? How do you get to the actual problem? How do you get to the actual thing that you need to let go of? Not all of the roots that grew from it.
1: I mean, this is one of the techniques I teach where literally in like a minute with energy and commanding your subconscious, you can just command any reality you choose. It's like, show me the root. And then people even that have never done that before, they're like, oh, I'm seeing, sometimes they see a past life. Sometimes they see a childhood memory. And then once you see it, we recode it. uh, We reprogram that part. Usually it's a protection mechanism that's blocking all your abundance and intimacy that thinks it's helping that maybe helped when you were five right and then all of a sudden like everything changes and all of this process can be done in a few minutes and uh that's one of my messages you know it doesn't have to be a long time obviously integrations important and there's there could be different layers but you can totally you you know once you know how to use energy in your subconscious it's all there right it's just once you know that you could do it you can do it
0: talk about and you keep snapping your fingers and I Uh love that because I know I say the same thing and one of the things I try and teach people too is like just start talking like ask the questions start talking to your guys or to whatever say things out loud and you'll be surprised like you you know the snap how fast you'll get the answers talk a little bit more about that
1: well how to get anything whether you want to manifest a partner or abundance or an answer to a question right Uh, you just want to be decisive about it. You know, people don't realize that they got caught up in the how, like, how do you do it? So a cool story coming through real quick is, you know, when I trained with this African shaman during my first ceremony with him, um, doing a plant medicine called Iboga from Africa, um, it healed my depression in like two, three hours. And then, uh, I told him like, I'm not depressed anymore. And he said, good, now go into the woman next to you and tell me what's going on with her. (laughs) And there was a woman right there that I never got to even talk to because she was so sick. and. He told me to go in her body. And I was like, how do, you, how do you do that? And he said, don't ask how, just do it. And then all of a sudden, pff, I was just there. And that was such a code. It's so simple, right? Like what he said is so simple, but it's it's so deep because it's like, let like go of the how, like just go. Like you don't have to know how. And it's just like a code. It's like, just decide, right? Because you're an infinite intelligence. And so that was a great lesson for me to realize, oh, I can, let me just try it. I'll do this. Uh, let me tune in. I'll, let me feel, see what I... See what pops up, and you just get it, so it's about deciding which is the masculine energy, and then surrendering, which is the feminine, and you play with both those energies and you can do anything
0: and how do you let go of all that doubt?
1: Yeah, I just actually did a class on that this morning, so <laughs> you know uh doubt is is an illusion, and it's kind of like your gym partner, which is showing you your vulnerabilities. Doubt comes from these dark entities that are just kind of attached to you, so sometimes. You know, just keeping a spiritual hygiene is a big part of it in general, but then also facing it. Doubt is fear. And people keep asking me like, Daniel, how do you release this fear? How do I release this doubt? And it's like, you don't release it because that's you trying to fight it. You're feeding, feeding it that way. You face it and you just look at it and be like, you know, sometimes it's like, what's the worst that can happen, right? Or, or you use logic to realize that's ridiculous because you're just, you're just putting the light on it, right? Once there's a light, the shadow can't remain. And mm. so it's just actually just being present, but it tries to scare you so you don't look at it and run away from it. And then that's the only way it can have power over you.
0: Talk about you said like spiritual hygiene too. Talk a little bit about that.
1: You know, there's this ancient uh ritual where you use special incense and you just pray, and basically in the sunrise and sunset you do it, and you sage your clothes and you sage your house and you sage yourself. And then what happens is you just build this spiritual power where you're just aligned with God aligned with the with the divine, and then at some point it you be, you just become so solid where um, the dark energies can't affect you anymore because you've just fully committed to that light and so it's kind of like muscle building you know you're just it takes some time it's not like a one and done but it's it's really that commitment to um, staying clear energetically and doing the inner work so that you become impervious to those illusions
0: so you're on your path. Um, you're studying Reiki, you work with this woman, you're starting to get more confidence. Like then from there, you just decide to start traveling and gain as much knowledge as possible.
1: Yeah. Well, I started being guided. I want to train with masters. I want to train with people. I keep hearing about these stories Is this real. And so I, I, I met enlightened masters in India and from the Philippines and, and the Amazon jungle. And, uh, Now,
0: I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not like anybody can just walk out and be like, I want to meet this enlightened master. It's like they were divinely being dropped in your path, no?
1: hundred percent. And, you know, you can can accelerate that process because, you know, I, I realized that we can shift timelines. And so I was able to manifest, you know, impossible to meet people, both, you know, masters that no one has really access to, or you can't just find online to um technologies and supplements and things that you know are outside the you know what feels like possible in this world and uh you just download the frequency you choose it you know like for example i saw the movie limitless have you seen that
0: i feel like was it a while ago
1: he, he takes this pill and then it becomes oh yeah ch- yeah 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 so when i saw the movie i was like i know this is real <laughs> and i choose to meet the scientist who makes this i want to try it and then i just cho- i just decided right you don't ask how and i have a little technique i teach um, and, you know, anyone watching this, I can send them a free experience where you can literally do the whole timeline technique to, to manifest anything you want. Um, it's not that hard, actually, when you just follow the, follow the codes there. But so I did that. And then a few months later, someone literally handed me a piece of paper with his phone number. I flew to the East Coast and did it. And it was very transformational. And that's happened. But what so do you many- mean
0: a few? Tell me, what do you mean someone just handed you a piece of paper with their phone number?
1: I met someone and all of a sudden he's like, he told me that he he met this guy. And then I was like, oh, I'd love to meet him. And then he handed me the phone number. So the universe is rerouting me to someone that actually experienced it. Um, you know,
0: so you flew to these coasts. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: Yeah. And he gave me this, uh, the supplement. And then uh, basically for like two days, I didn't really eat or sleep. And I was in this kind of enlightened space. My heart opened also. It's not like the movies, you know, uh, and uh, it, was, it was a pretty profound experience. And that was just You know, that was probably like seven, eight years ago. And it's only gotten cooler from then, you know, the stuff that has come through when it's, you know, I see like, oh, this used to be happening in ancient Egypt. I want to manifest it now. And all of a sudden someone invented this technology and I'm going to go, go try it out. So it's, it's just really cool to realize you can really choose. You could just choose it. You let go of the how and, uh, your only limit is your own imagination.
0: And when did this power of manifestation and its simplicity kind of enter your life? Like when did you well, start I realizing? I,
1: about, I first heard about, you know, manifesting around 20 also, the energy healing. And then I started looking at stuff and I'm like, I want to try it out. And so I had my friend and me was around Venice beach. And I said, I want to be a rock star and play music from thousands of people. And I just jumped up and down and got so excited. And I was like, I felt like it was already done. And then a few months later, I got invited to a tour with uh, cheap trick. You know, they sing like, I want you to <laughs> want me. And all yeah. this stuff. And the Beatles show. And, uh, it's funny because, you know, that was, also manifested that kind of from my ego. That was kind of like what I thought I wanted. But, but how did that, you go? Yeah. Like,
0: were you someone even playing? Like, how did it connect? How did it all of a sudden enter your life?
1: I ended up meeting someone later that, uh, was playing with them and then invited me to hired me to, to come along. But the thing was, I wasn't even a professional musician. So the, the Beatles sound <laughs> engineer, the guy that like did all the Beatles music was like, Daniel, it's a it's a hand shop on the on the new. and like I kept screwing up and then it was like really stressful and I had you know, so then I was like, okay, this is not at all what I want. But <laughs> you know, I get free buffets in Vegas without staying in lines and a bunch of money to play one song. So I got to live in Vegas at the Paris Hotel for a few months. Um well, so it was
0: like a few months long.
1: Yeah, it was a whole but it showed me like, oh, okay, like you can manifest anything. Like that was obviously pretty wild for my first attempt, right? Very so you know, what's it's almost easier to manifest stuff like that than like, oh, I need some money by next week because then you're attached to it, right? Mm. It's very different, you know. And so the the attachment's important to really let it go because if you, if if you're attached, you're telling the universe, I don't have it, I don't trust. You're separating yourself from it, right? So it's a it's a big piece of the equation there.
0: So we'll talk a little bit more about that, like this idea of if you're creating from scarcity like I always say, energetically, you're kind of canceling it out, but talk a little bit more from your language, from your speak.
1: Yeah. Basically, you know, <laughs> we want to choose exactly what we want and we, we want to do it from your soul, not your ego, right? So really tuning in, like what is, what is it truly that I'm calling in? And then you want to connect to the why, because the why, once you have a why or, or a few maybe that uh, really stack up, you stop having that wobble. It goes from like oh i kind of want this to like this is happening right so you you want that 100 percent decisiveness you got to fully decide you got to mean it 100 percent, right otherwise there's going to be a percent of you that's counter manifesting it so you might want money i mean every, everyone wants money for the most part but a lot of people are like oh i'm scared of have to pay taxes or my rich people are are evil or my grandma got taken advantage of when she had money right all these stories so we have to do the inner work to see what are we why are we counter manifesting it and take full responsibility and face and alchemize those parts of us, right? So we we want to do the inner work so we're fully aligned. Our heart and our mind are in coherence and our belief systems are in coherence. So we can actually receive it. And that's the surrender part where we listen to our intuition and it's guiding us through synchronicities. And the faster we surrender and listen and take the action we're guided to take, the faster it manifests.
0: So talk about, like, you manifest for the first time this crazy dream of being a rock star. Talk about the first time you tried to manifest and it was actually harder.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, when I was starting out, I, I did a bunch of stuff. You know, I think, you know, for one, like trying to manifest uh, a relationship, but I didn't even love myself and I I couldn't even share basic vulnerabilities. So like, even though I wanted that, it was like, I asked for that, but like 99% of my body was like, pushing it away because I actually didn't want it, or at least I thought I did it because intimacy was, you know, anchored in my subconscious to trauma and drama and pain and suffering and lying and deceit and all of these things and manipulation, right? So, you know, for people watching that have been like, I've been doing manifestation ritual, the ritual is really not that important. You don't even have to do a ritual, right? Because the cool part is we're manifesting all the time right? We're always sending signals to the universe in every moment. It's just that we can do it consciously. And so it's really all about inner work. It's really for the most part about deciding on something and then, you know, opening your intuition and then tuning into what I need to do internally and externally in order to just receive it and allow it in. Because the only block to having it appear in the 3D is, is your subconscious and your energy.
0: So like when you're trying to manifest a partner, when did you realize, oh, this is my own block? And then how did you alchemize it?
1: Well, it was realizing that I, I was getting like little, you know, flings or, or friends that kept betraying me, uh, or taking advantage of me. And then I'm like, finally, I'm like, wait, wait a second. This is a pattern, you know, uh, why am I abandoning myself? Why am I betraying myself? And I realized I I was a people pleaser and I read like no more, Mr. Nice guy, which is actually a pretty profound book um we're showing like we're, we have all this this programming to just betray ourselves and i was just overgiving and trying to just take care of all these people and be the be the helper because that's what i had to do as a child thinking that's what i needed for love right so when i finally just like said no a lot and loved myself and started taking better care of my body and all these things and when I, and then like letting go of the partner even if i felt lonely at times and kept just holding myself as soon as i really let it go it showed up and i hear that so many times right it's like, as soon as you get off the dating apps, really, it, you know, it So it was, it was really that combination of deep self, like committing to self-love, like devoted to myself and then letting go of that. Yeah.
0: And talk about in general, like, I mean, you've mentioned it, you've said we all create, we're constantly creating. We talk about that on the show a lot, but just reiterate to people really how much power they have and the ease to create, especially as this world, as you said, the matrix is changing. Everything feels like it's shifting. And I have found more than not people are not only just shifting emotionally, but careers like people of all ages are all of a sudden like, ah, I just, I want to do something different. And like, that is very scary depending on how old you are. Obviously the younger you are, the more freedom and excitement it feels the older you get, there comes to be a little bit more. Um, it's a little more terrifying, but talk about just how big and open the possibilities are.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I think you know I started with uh this master, this old woman that she literally can materialize things out of thin air, and Amazing. um it's mind blowing and uh she even had these sacred medicines and nectars and powders that she materialized, and she would like give them to me, and instantly it would just like take me to a different realm. you know it wasn't like a, a plant medicine where it gotta take it takes an hour to kick in and you literally touches your mouth and then boom you're just like blasted off it was insane, and you know she said. Stay at 12 o'clock. We you know just stay neutral because when you stop reacting to the illusion of the world and try to grab mm. something or get triggered and you know, right. So it's, you can feel everything. You can allow things to move, but just stay in the director's chair, stay in the center. Right. That's really the key. And so when you prioritize staying neutral, which is a staying awake, um, no longer being in the puppet show, being puppeted around, then you realize that you are this infinite awareness and you have access to pull stuff through and change stuff when you just decide that you can decide. So a lot of it's it's like practice and experimentation, right? Put these, you know, discover and remember and learn those codes, the universal laws and techniques, and then play with them. And then you'll start building that confidence and remembering, and then you can really stabilize that whole operating system. And a big part of that is being around the right people that are also in this world, because you are the five people around you, right? So really being, you know, going to people that were really advanced and and integrity and open and, you know, just immersing myself in that was really the, the fast track for me to really grow and, and heal so rapidly. Uh,
0: you know, also when we're talking about this change in paradigm and shift, and that's all amazing, everything you were saying, do you ever, like, cause you're so connected and reconnected, <laughs> you know, do you ever have those moments of, I don't want to say lack of clarity, but where it's like, you don't actually know what the next step is where you don't know where you necessarily want to head or do. Um, like I know I've talked to a few people, myself included, where all of a sudden it's like feeling more disconnected than usual. Like having versus, you know, it feels like as experience happens, you get more and more and more connected. Like sometimes I feel like you can actually sometimes just be in moments of your life. You're like, mm, I actually feel super disconnected.
1: Totally. I mean, there's many cycles and there's big cycles and, you know, sometimes we're meant to just finish uh, a project or do something internal. And finally, you know, we integrate it and i like, now what? And, and sometimes there's transitions where we feel a bit disconnected, but that's, it's like a sine wave. You know, we're meant to go through those. We're not always meant to be in bliss because those, those dips are what it's like the root of the tree, which, you know, it might be uncomfortable, but it actually takes us deeper now into what's next. And then there's deeper gold and you can grow higher. So it's really just embracing the roller coaster a bit, but the, the the funny thing is the more you accept those those dips, the more stable they get and the less you stay in the in the lower part and the longer you stay in the higher parts by just surrendering to the ride.
0: Well that's an important thing too. I mean <clears throat> can you talk a little bit about this idea of why it just seems like some people just really, really struggle through life and then others look like it's you know, easy and blissful?
1: Well, you know, part of it is, uh, astrological because we have different lessons to learn, but we can always transcend the astrology by really clearing our beliefs and, and our karma, which can be as simple as, you know, doing, doing a ceremony or forgiving yourself or forgiving someone else. Uh, so it's there as like a blueprint, but it's not, uh, the determinator of our fate. It's really there as, uh, you know, just a a type of classroom, I would say. So, you know, everyone has a soul that comes through different lessons and comes here. But um, overall, like this world is a struggle for, you know, pretty much everyone in different Mm -hmm. ways and and just in different uh, different flavors, I would say, because it's it's there to initiate you. Um, But when we reconnect with God, which are just the universal laws, and we live through those and integrate them, then life gets a lot easier and, and we realize it's also paradise.
0: What does your connection with God look like?
1: Yeah, it's definitely evolved over the years where it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a higher power, but it's also not separate from me. You know, it's not an old man in the sky. It's definitely, uh, it's an old woman in the sky. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe, (laughs) but uh, really it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really just an intelligence that I connect with daily and, and pray to and, ask for God's helpers, like the angels to, you know, I work with the angels a lot for for different ways just for for guidance, for manifestations, for healing, um, all sorts of things. So it's kind of like uh we're playing a basketball together, you know, we're all on the same team. And uh it's great to kind of see it that way where you can actually be like, Hey, throw me can you throw me this ball, you know, and a lot of people don't feel good enough or like, who am I to ask for something from God or the angels? But you know, we're actually spark of the divine and it's you know either way we're manifesting things and if we have the health that we require and the support that we require for our mission then it's actually for the highest good and so just a reminder for everyone that you can ask ask and you shall receive
0: is there a guide or an angel that's been with you this whole time
1: well each of us has a guardian angel and i didn't know about this till a few years ago when i had this like near-death experience and then i called on my guardian angel and totally just like saved my life right away.
0: What happened? And,
1: uh, uh Basically I was going through uh, a very intense initiation where I was like convulsing and I think um, someone gave me something that was tainted. It was a very traumatic experience, but basically, and I had all these people around me trying to help, but nothing was working. I was like, I'm about to die. It's freaking out. And you were aware. Um, what's that? You were aware of it. I was aware of it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I remembered, you know, the guardian angel thing. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to pray and ask for my guardian angel. And then it spoke to me for the first time. It said, take three deep breaths. And then on the third breath, I just completely stopped shaking, felt complete peace. And I was like, whoa. And then it, it started guiding me. I was like, okay, now do this, now do this. And just guide me out of that really dark place. So uh it's been, you know, a deep ally of mine ever since. And um, it's talked about in all sorts of traditions from Christianity and Islam and Kabbalah to tibet and uh, indigenous traditions around the world so it's a great tool that's literally the bridge to God that can help us protect us guide us and help us manifest
0: and then so once you were very aware that you had this garden angel and you asked for their help, do you communicate in a different way now with them
1: yeah uh, whenever I remember you know just ask for advice ask for support you know tune in so it's it's just been such a game changer
0: and are the guardian angels like is that guardian angel only your guardian angel or are they someone else's as well
1: yeah you know what they say is we each have one that signs up to be with us in this life and there's also just guardian angels in general that anyone can call on with different names and use for different things there's a whole there's whole menus of different angels yeah yeah that's
0: so interesting though to Again, it goes back to like when I was asking you that question in the top of the show of like, have you connected to that in between before you came into this world as you? It's like all of these energies that we've already been connected to that so go beyond this lifetime, but yet we're so disconnected from them during the lifetime is always fascinating to me.
1: It's really cool.
0: It's like they're your first your first everything, and then you just totally forget about them,
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: It's which I find interesting. So what has been your, you know, you've been through a lot. What's been your biggest lesson?
1: It's in you. You know, I just kept externalizing, you know, I need outside this, I need outside that or, you know, whatever it is to be loved or to be successful or even to be more spiritual. And it's always, it was just like, wow, I was just externalizing, giving away power. And then this happens, it's a tough lesson. Um, so the lesson is it, it's all in you. And it's we, we hear this from the beginning, but it's literally the most important lesson because we're just our own universe and it's our choice and it's all within us.
0: If there's like one piece of advice and maybe that's it to give people to navigate these next few years that you were talking about, how the paradigm's changing, um, what is that piece of advice?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, keep purifying yourself and doing the inner work now so that when things amplify you're not a slave to doubt and fear and you know other things uh, connect deeper and strengthen your intuitive connection so you can have your GPS and you'll be guided um, so you don't have to fear anything you know remember your true nature and you know if on a physical perspective if you're guided to start connecting with uh, land. And see if you can live in community or in a place where there's natural water and, and, you know, ways that you could just live on the land more and not be uh, tied to any certain system so that you can just have the freedom to really uh, operate and just do it out of intuition. Really, you know, sometimes if you're attached, it's like, how do you get an answer? I right before bed, I'm like, show me my dreams where I meant to live. You know, that's what I did a few years ago when I was in Costa Rica and it just didn't feel right for, for me. Um, and then it told me to move to Austin and I'll probably be here about one more year before moving, but it was the best decision ever, you know, but my mind was like Austin, Texas. Why would I have, that was like the last place I think. Um, but that's where so much stuff happened that I needed to have. So,
0: and so you say it's before you go to sleep, you say, show me in my dreams, whatever it is you want to see.
1: Yeah. And I I do all sorts of, uh, you know, you can call them petitions, right. You can ask your subconscious, your superconscious, your angels or all of them. Right. And you just say it in present tense command form, like bring me uh, a client and um, heal my physical body. Help me wake up refreshed and ready to go. Right. Uh, Show me this in my dream. And then um, it's pretty remarkable what happens.
0: How um, where do you think you're going to go next or have you not have you not? I'm tuning in.
1: I mean, I'm I'm definitely really happy here right now, but I'm I'm starting to look for places with lots of extra lush nature. And uh, yeah, excited to see where I end up
0: how do you, cause you know, you intimated a lot about kind of the foods and the poisons and the this, how do you eat now? Like, how do you operate? How do you take care of yourself that way?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I do my best to just get everything, um, organic, local. And I have, uh, you know, someone on my team that helps cook things without seed oils and, you know, all these things, seed oils are just horrible, you know, which is so, you know, if you can handle butter. I try to avoid dairy, but when I go out to restaurants, I'll say, hey, I'm allergic to seed oils. Can you cook this in butter? Because I think it's way better than, you know, seed oils is a lot of people realize it's the fastest thing that ages you too. And it's just not even food. So, you know, I avoid things like that. And I personally avoid gluten and processed foods and also being an intuitarian, you know, it might shift with time, what you're guided to eat based off the seasons and the, the land that you're on and the phase you are in life. Are you building, are you detoxing, right? All those things. So, but I, you know, cleansing is super important and, um, we want to not just eat healthy, but also release all the stuff we built up our whole life and doing the emotional, spiritual purification with the physical is great. You know, from fasting, cleansing, all sorts of ways, it's so worth it because you get so much clarity from it. So if you're feeling like I can't access my guides and my intuition, uh, big, chances you just need a big detox and you'll regain those abilities because you just need to clear the the dirt off the windshield and you'll be able to see clearly. We're designed to be super psychic, super powerful, all of us.
0: Right. So it's like, if you're not feeling it, clean it up. Clean it up. Clean it up (laughs) on those words. Thank you. Um, You're in a very, very impressive human. And thank you for sharing your gifts with everybody.
1: I'm honored. I'm, I'm an eternal student and you're, we're all in this together. So I'm honored that you all listened and I look forward to connecting with you. Please reach out if you'd like deeper support or have any questions.
0: How can people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, you can, you can, um, hit me up on Insta, Daniel Raphael and the number one spelled with a ph Daniel Raphael one, uh, or go to my website, dreamporting.com.
0: Amazing. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It was great connecting with you.